0: Support for WGLT's Grow comes from FS Custom Turf by Evergreen FS. FS Custom Turf offers complete lawn and tree care services to preserve the health of yards, trees, and shrubs. Products and services detailed at evergreen-fs.com.
1: Welcome to Grow. I'm Sarah Nardi. Today, we're revisiting a conversation I had with Illinois State University professor Catherine Sampeck. Catherine was recently awarded a Fulbright Award, her third, by the way, for a project entitled Chocolate and Vanilla, Dialogues of Race. Catherine says chocolate and vanilla weren't always considered opposites. In fact, in pre-Columbian history, cacao and vanilla were twins. And she explains to me how our understanding of the plants have evolved and how they've come to be intertwined with race.
0: All of the earliest references always mention chocolate and vanilla, cacao and vanilla together because they were growing them in the same agroforestry environment. And um, and then as I started to look at the meanings of, of cacao and vanilla before any kind of European contact, um, indigenous understandings of these two plants were as twins. They were mentioned, always mentioned together. And the thing is about their cultivation is that they actually entwine with each other. They're not just, they're, they're, they're really symbiotic.
1: That's fascinating, because they have become so divorced as concepts in our mind, I think. You know, there's such uh, a contrasting relationship that exists between the two of them. And you say that that really came into play in terms of racial connotations. Can you tell me more about that?
0: Yes. And it really tracks, again, with this shift in production, that at first um, the Europeans were trying to understand these plants and substances and sort of fit them into categories that they already knew about. They had this uh, theory of medicine at the time of humors and and balancing those humors. and, And did you consider something cold or hot? Not that they were physically that, but that they affected the body that way. So they looked at each substance for its interaction. And that's when you start to see some contrast develop of well, vanilla has a different property from cacao. And and then it starts to take this turn where um, cacao and chocolate start, start to become kind of a little suspect. And, and, the, and again, this is in the 17th century and then into the 18th century. You have a lot of religious treatises written about is chocolate... Um, Does it break the ecclesiastical fast? Is it a food? Is it a drink? Is it a flavor? You know, there are lots of debates about it. So people were kind of anxious about exactly what chocolate was. And then it's potions and medical treatments, particularly associated with love potions. And so... There would be other substances people would add to chocolate that would um, then became part of Inquisition trials. These potions, even though they were consumed by pretty much everybody, and this is across Mexico and Central America, they're known as ichizos, uh sort of made things. Um, but the people who were identified as being dangerous in producing them were women of color. And those were the women who were prosecuted by the Inquisition. Those were the women who were um, uh, given sentences and, and given, you know, uh, faced all sorts of fines and so forth for being caught making these achisos. Um, and then a lot of the the words and meanings used to describe chocolate and cacao start to become these words of. Dark, um, rich, yeah. So that's positive, but then also this sense of having that there were mixed, mixed substances. So you added things to chocolate. You added all these flavors, and they had these effects on the body. Things could be kind of added to it that you might not know about because of the fl- you know you wouldn't detect it, and and so it would affect you. And it, and then it, again, it was associated a lot of the words that were used to describe um, the chocolate were also used to describe um, enslaved people, people of African descent. So you see this consolidation of blackness and being of African descent and chocolate. Well, what happens to vanilla at the same time? Well, the pre-Columbian... Um, sort of meanings associated with vanilla, and even colors. So it's it's seen as a black substance. Um, the name for uh, vanilla in Nahuatl is tlilxochit, which means black flower. And of course, the flowers of uh, vanilla are white. Um, but the pod itself, when it's mature and has been... Um, ripen properly and then processed properly is quite dark. And so that split starts to happen as these um, inquisition trials are happening and this association of cacao with blackness and with people of African descent who are the ones who are producing it as well. And so uh, to me, it's really highlighting these colonial... Doubts and anxieties and worries, and also the imposition of a kind of power um, to um, have massive production of the substance that people want and crave, but at the same time, it's at the expense and and uh, with this coerced labor that's at its base. And then, whereas vanilla is still part of this sort of indigenous mode of production in a very limited area for quite a long time, and the consumption in other parts of uh, the world, in Europe in particular, is a part. It starts to become this culinary opposite, where things that you make with vanilla are not the things that you make with chocolate necessarily. And if you add vanilla to chocolate, it became this sort of unhealthy chocolate um, that only the indulgent French would do something like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so much to unpack there. It's actually pretty amazing. But while you were speaking, it it reminded me a little bit of the of the Salem witch trials, just all the, ang- yes. the anxiety that arose around chocolate seemed to be a way for people to take something that they didn't necessarily understand and didn't know how to categorize and kind of sh- shuffle it off onto a-, a marginalized people like women.
0: Absolutely. And, and in this case, it's really women of color that mm-hmm. they are. And, and, um, the producers, and so this is also very parallel, the, the, a lot of the labor of these cacao orchards are women of color that they're managing and producing. It's, it's also men too, but they were in the past and they still are today. Some of the major actors in cacao production. Um, And so, yes, very much a way to victimize. And I think um, perhaps um, reinforce the kind of devaluation of them and keeping the price and, and the investment low, so to speak, and and, and yet reaping reaping the, the the processed final product as this celebration of luxury.
1: That was Catherine Sampec. She's an associate professor of anthropology at Illinois State University. Catherine joined me to discuss her project Chocolate and Vanilla Dialogues of Race. Catherine has been awarded the prestigious Fulbright Award for the six-month project that she'll begin in September. She'll be doing that work at the Eccles Center for American Studies in London's British Library. I'm Sarah Nardi, and you've been listening to WGLT's gardening podcast, Grow. Join me next week for more conversations about the garden landscape and the broader natural world. And if you have any questions for our panel of experts that you'd like to hear answered on a future show, go ahead and send those in to wglt.org grow. Thanks for listening.